0: Hello, and welcome back to the Pacific Northwest Showdown podcast. We are your hosts, Michaela and Kate. Hello. I know it's been a minute, maybe several, but this is season two, episode 13, and we are happy to be back with whatever that ends up sounding like or looking like or whatever sensory experience that is in this episode. We are coming out of hibernation. There has been a lot of Seattle sports that have been going down here in the yeah. last month or so. Yeah. The Kraken have made the playoffs. It's pretty impressive. It's the first time in franchise history, only year two into the NHL. Yeah, a pretty big deal for them to to make that kind of change. They got most improved um, team.
1: It was incredible.
0: I mean, the difference between this year and last year was like huge. Yes, and the Seattle Seawolves, they are six and one. They are. They're They're having a great season so far. Absolutely. Got some great talent this year. Some new guys on the on the roster there, but just doing some amazing things. Yes, yeah. In the WNBA, we just had the mm-hmm. WNBA draft. Sure did, sure did. We got a little bit of a draft steal that we might talk about a little bit later here I in the podcast. I don't know if might talk about or will for sure talk about. Let's say for sure, for sure, one hundred percent. And then the OL Reign has their home opener tonight. Yep which is April 15th. If you're listening to this a little bit later down the road. Mm -hmm. So good luck to the OL rain against the San Diego wave. Yep. That's right. We'll see if people do the wave at the event. I don't. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. If they do the wave. If they do the wave. Solid. Maybe they won't. Maybe it's like, you know. I mean, and then let's see what else. The Mariners have a little bit of a slow start, but there are some bright yep. spots that we're seeing with Jared Kelnick. Oh, yeah. Four games straight home with run, a home run. Home run, home run, home run. Yep. So we're hoping that they kind of get their groove, that they get yeah. get going here. Totally. They've had some struggles in the bullpen with some injuries. I mean, it's literally April
1: it mm-hmm. is april baseball Absolutely. goes
0: to like september at least hopefully october i mean like i'm saying at least yes. right like it's a long season you know what i mean people can't be like counting anything out right now mm-hmm. who knows and who then knows? we have 12 days until the uh nfl draft for oh, 2023 yeah. true i know every i ask michaela every like two or three days wait what is the draft like wait when is the draft? I just cannot remember for whatever reason. It just does not want to stay in my it head. It is Thursday, April 27th that the draft starts. And the Seahawks do have the 5th and the 20th overall picks as of right now. Yeah. In the first round, for sure. So, so how about we start with this? Topic-wise. Okay. The Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. I wonder who we're going to pick. I mean, I literally have no idea. Okay. So there's been lots lot of talk yeah. about number one. Do the Seahawks stay at number five overall? Sure. An NFL draft, but you don't have to know who maybe they'll pick or not. But do you think that they stay and pick at that selection, or do you think that they trade back? I mean, I feel like for them to pick at five, they'd have to really know who, ex- like exactly who they want, and feel like it's worth taking at five, and that that person isn't still going to be there a little bit later. You know what I mean? Like they're going to really, really, really want to have to have that person, whoever that is. Um, I feel like John Schneider just turns picks into picks. Mm -hmm. And so I would not be surprised if we didn't actually pick at five and we traded it um, for some other number of trades um, or for other picks. But I think, too, the other thing is, like, and I don't know, again, hashtag learning sports, but at what point is too many picks too many picks? Like, at what point do you, like, have – more picks than you need and then because you know like ultimately you got to cut the roster down anyway and and towards the end you you want to look at value for the selection you have yeah I mean I I feel like you don't want to just like pick people just to pick people just like you would need to need those things absolutely so um so and you got to be able to pay all those people those things so Mm -hmm. the higher up you draft like the more you're gonna have to pay and everything so Mm -hmm. um I mean that's just my thing and I'm not I'm along for the ride. I am just like happy to see what happens. Yeah. See how all this unfolds. Um because I don't I don't know college football and I don't know who's coming out into that draft class like well at all. I mean like I know you've talked about a few folks. Mm-hmm. But um but I have no personal idea. So I'm like, well, we'll just uh see how it goes, I guess. I think that the Seahawks, if they feel like the value is there at five, they never get to draft this high. That's the one yeah. thing that people keep talking about. The Seahawks never get this opportunity to draft at five overall. They're going to select somebody. Sure. I also know John Schneider well enough via just seeing how he's handled the draft in recent years. Yeah, not, not that I personally know one. him. We're not BFFs. Although. No, I have met him. I mean, hey. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I know that if he doesn't feel like the player that they were wanting at five is there and that Mm -hmm. there's another player that is worth that value pick, he will trade back. Sure. Now, will he pick a quarterback? Will they go defense? Yeah. The one thing, the one topic that a lot of people keep coming back to, and I want to dive into this just a little bit here in this episode is Jalen Carter. Now okay. I talked to you a little bit about yeah. Jalen Carter, and in the last three months, kind of what's transpired for this this young individual mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. coming out of Georgia. People say generational talent. You look at the tape; it is generational talent that sure. Jalen Carter has at defensive tackle. He is a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, people, it seems like it. People talk about Aaron Donald and jalen carter could he potentially be that kind of impact player oh, on... like the next one yeah okay okay now in the last you know three or four months now that we're in april he had some issues sure you know racing cars and kind of some legal troubles behind that and yeah making some of those poor choices potentially and then we all saw kind of the results of his pro day and not being able to finish a workout and he's You know, people talked about how he's nine pounds heavier than he was even just two weeks prior for the Combine. Oh, wow. Yeah. And what is that saying? Like, are you taking this seriously? Like, is this the thing you want to do? Like, are you trying to, like, self-sabotage? Are you... Do you give a...
1: Exactly. And so
0: you have to think about, okay, character... How are they showing up to the field every day? Yeah. Do they understand that the decisions that they're making can impact potential, even, you know, yeah. the team or the professional sure. standpoint of what you're walking into? Sure. And we all need to remember too that this is a young, you know, 20-year-old individual yeah. who is still his mind is still developing. When when we talk about these draft picks, yes, you might have more mature individuals that are making good decisions. And you also sure. have these this this these generational talents that are coming in and we need to remember to develop mentally Mm -hmm. that they're, we all are still developing mentally until we're like 25. Yeah. The brain is a very interesting thing like that. And I think too, um, one of the other things that I, and I don't know, obviously Jalen Carter or his personal situations, but um, but there's a lot of pressure that gets put on a person with phrases like generational talent. Like that's a huge, um, that's a huge thing to put on somebody and whether or not that person takes that and it is like an ego boost to them or whether or not that person takes that and is like, this is a lot, like it could kind of, it's kind of like a blessing and a curse kind of phrase, I think, where it could, it could lead to, um, to more problems because one, maybe either you've got too much ego about it and then you're not actually like doing the the work that you mm-hmm. need to do, or on the other hand, it could also just kind of lead to like, you know, too much pressure and feeling overwhelming, and that like I don't want to feel because the the difference between college and pro, like an NFL, is like a really big difference, right? So, yeah. um, and I I don't know the guy and I don't know his situation, but it just kind of makes me wonder, like, you know, why when all these people are saying such great things about you and you know, this is coming up and this is your future and everything else. Like, why are you making some of these choices? Like, is it like, what's, I don't know. What's the rationale of the reasoning or is there any, like, or is it just like, I'm the invincible kind of 20 something year old kind of thing. Cause that's a big, that's a big thing too sometimes. So, well, we have to think about the consequences that stemmed out of some of that, that legal stuff. Yeah. And that was the loss of some lives that it wasn't, he wasn't in the car with those individuals that ended up losing their lives and being out in the street and racing and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um and that you have to think about how that also would impact him as a young individual Absolutely. and knowing that he was out there that evening and you know although in his own vehicle, yeah, those consequences that can really impact your mental your emotional well-being. Absolutely. And what kind of supports are stepping in to kind of, you know, support that individual mm-hmm. to say like how do you move through this, what kind Mm of like, how do we continue to support you through that? Yeah. Or is Um, that even stepping in? Like are is, is it happening? Yeah, exactly. And so there's another argument that says, you know, okay, Pete Carroll. Yeah. If there's anybody that could really help this young individual to rise to the top and to be his best self, Mm -hmm. both on and off the field, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a coach like Pete Carroll. I mean, it, he does seem to have the personality for it for sure, but Bobby are, Wagner's back. God, Talk about some of the best so character and the best talent you that, can have yeah. ever witnessed in the NFL. Very true, very true. But are the Seahawks going to want to get involved with something that's potentially messy? I know they've done it before with players that are maybe like not at this specific, like generational talent level, but they have taken on some players before that have a little bit of a little bit of a situation here and there the issue that i think stems from it is if this player can guarantee that he's not going to make some of those decisions that can put him at risk or the team at risk of not having him there yeah which i don't know at what point you can really like prove that yeah outside of having made prior decisions he's gonna earn the trust exactly yeah I think the the only risk I see at this point is that it's number five overall. Now, mm-hmm. if he's, if he's there at 20, that's yeah, a different like, story, right? right? It's, it's the risk. And the thing for me that I think about is you also have to think mentally for these guys. You have somebody like a DK Metcalf who thought yeah. he was going to go first round and then he falls all the way to the bottom of the second round. And then yep. the Seahawks take him. Yep. You talk about these guys that get this chip on their shoulder. Oh, yeah. They have a lot of talent. They have the physicality. They mm-hmm. can, they can, do well in the NFL, mm-hmm. but how even just where they are drafted, not only to the team that they're drafted to and the coaching staff that exists in the, the personnel, position, the number, but the number and how that could potentially impact how well they do. In, it's so weird to think about the m- mental component that well, might stem from that. Yeah. And And to the point about DK, like, he took that and used that as fire, right? Like, he was, like, he had the, like, I'll show you attitude. Like, and not to the Seahawks, but to, like, every team that didn't pick him sooner. It's, like, it just seemed like he came in with that, like you said, chip on his shoulder, right? Whereas other people, it may not drive them in that same way. It may be more, like, defeating for them that they got taken at that round. And they may not be able to, like pull that ego back into position. I mean, there's been a a jillion people like in the draft over all these years, but everybody's different. But it's just interesting how kind of that adversity can affect you when that ego is also in play, right? Like, Mm -hmm. because I think like DK has changed over the years with how he how he is about things. But that first, you know, you could, you can feel that ego in the beginning of his like NFL career for sure. Right. Like you still feel that. I think that's just part of DK. Oh, for sure. And I'm curious with Jalen Carter, how that could like, you could see him. Okay. Maybe he fell to nine. Mm -hmm. I'm just using that as an example. Sure. Let's say he falls to nine and the team decides that they want to pick him, And he's like, you know what? You guys all passed on me in the top, you know, 10 or whatever, besides, you know, whatever. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden he's like the people that didn't pick him one through eight are really regretting that decision. Yeah. But if you, pick, you just never know. You don't know. Hindsight is 2020 always. And there's been so many, even like professional analysts over the years and there's tapes on it where they think that somebody is no matter what going to be a star in the NFL And it doesn't work out. And it doesn't pan out. Yeah, I mean, these are people, right? They're not robots. They're not like programmed perfectly to do whatever. And even still technology like messes up all the time. But like they're human beings. So there's tons of variables in there, right? Like there's potential for like injuries. There's potential for like other things to come up or just
1: personality,
0: like coach interaction. Like, I mean, because what was that? It was like uh, when when we got Drew Locke, where people people were talking about how like he never really like had a chance like to show what he could do because he kept going through offensive coordinators coaching staff exactly right so it's kind of like there's so many things that can come into play um for just all these folks so i mean even if we do draft at five no matter who it is Jalen carter or anybody else you know you just never know how it's going to turn out i just want to go on the record for this is that do it have i been hesitant Saying that the Seahawks should go after Jalen Carter with everything that's been happening. Yes, I've been so torn, as I think many people have been. Yeah. Because you you see the tape and then you hear oh well or you see the workouts and it's just like it's yeah. not aligning. We know he's capable. Sure. We if you've seen it on tape and you've seen how dominant he can be. Yeah. He has the skill set. He has the mindset. He has. Yeah. He has experience in some of these, you know, in national mm-hmm. championship games. Yeah. to be able to play at the highest elite level and to make an impact. Mm-hmm. And now he just needs to kind of like, okay, mature, hone it in, understand kind of the different level of responsibility you have to take at, yeah. at a very young age. It's, yeah. We're, I mean, they it's ask a, a, a lot You are for that. in the national spotlight. Yes. And the one thing I'll never forget is Doug Baldwin stating mm-hmm. when we had interviewed him, you kind of have to set yourself up on this pedestal to be able to manage that level of to take it all to be able to do it. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And so how you handle that level of responsibility is going to be whether you make it or it breaks you. Absolutely. Right. So if they select, I'm just putting this on the record. If they select Jalen Carter, I'm going to celebrate that. I'm going to, I'm going to wish the best for him that he, is this generational talent that he's, he's put with the right coaching staff, which I think the Seahawks, it can't get any better in terms of. Yeah. Yeah. Surrounding him with a positive um, team, Mm -hmm. a good locker room, Mm -hmm. great mentorship. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to celebrate it versus you're not going to hear the grumbles from me. You're not going to say that was a mistake for me. Yeah. We will see how that would develop. Now. If Will Anderson is still there, Mm. And the Cardinals don't select him at three, or they trade out of that spot. I'm probably going to say go after Will Anderson instead. Okay. All and right. quarterback wise, I it's intriguing. It's a very intriguing draft class for quarterback. But you just, ex- we, I was like, we have we kept Gino, Yeah. And then we also we kept Locke, didn't we? Yeah. I say we, we re- like I'm involved, but like you know the, yeah, Seahawks. the Seahawks resigned Locke. Okay. Now. But if again if John Schneider thinks that he has a Pat Mahomes or a Josh Allen that's in that sure, in that draft, draft class. class and mm-hmm. they're there he's going to he's going to take them. Yeah. I don't I'm not put, I like if they select a quarterback at 5 yeah in my mind I'm thinking that John Schneider thinks that that person is the next Pat Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Like I really, or Josh Allen. Okay. So I mean, I'm I think that would be the only reason why you would take a quarterback yeah at like at five right is like because yep. you want to you want to grow that person and into those your franchise weren't quarterback. selected at number one you know like mm-hmm. like pat mahomes josh Allen, they weren't number one overall picks so yeah. sometimes the best quarterbacks oftentimes outside of i'm thinking most recently joe burrow yeah i'm like was it tom brady like not even in the first round oh, like he, he was like several yeah, rounds down 100 yeah. percent. yep so um that's kind of my take right now sure at least at five overall. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens between now and the draft, but I yeah. think that that makes because it's still, there's still plenty of time. Twelve for days is too much time. Some, I mean, sometimes it is. Typically sometimes between is. now and like that time, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw this like quote like bombshell trade. So and so traded up to the number three overall pick sure. with the Arizona Cardinals or something where we're getting that news before the draft actually happens because when it's that level of whatever the trade package and deal is, that's not an on the spot situation. Typically. No, you're already having conversations. Exactly. Trade packages, Mm
1: -hmm. player personnel
0: included in that or uh, future draft picks. Yeah. So, um, I wouldn't be surprised if people were going to opt to trade or try to trade up. Yeah. That we would see that happen here in the next 12 days.
1: I mean, that could be fun too.
0: speaking of 12 days there. I mean, there's not a song about the 12 days of the NFL draft. But now I'm curious about like what that would entail. Mm. Like what would be a part of each day for the 12 days of the draft? <laughs> I mean, we don't need to do it now, but I'm just thinking before that, before that happens, mm-hmm. maybe we should try to come up with, maybe not a full on song that we're not like, we won't sing it the whole way, but maybe we come up with like what the first day would be and the second day and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And would it be after the draft or before the draft? Cause Christmas is like after Christmas. Versus before Christmas for the 12 mm. days of Christmas. So we kind of have to, so we have some things to nail down. Apparently. But I feel like that'd be kind that's of a fun a Kate job. All right. I will. It's a Kate job. I will do what I can. Speaking of drafts. Yeah. Let's uh hop on over to the WNBA draft that we spoke about a little yeah, bit. Yeah. It's like, uh, let's just bounce that, bounce on over to there. Yeah. Dribble. Dribble. We could dribble. We could dribble. pass. Pass. We could pass over. We could do a crossover. Mm hmm. Let's cross on over to the WNBA. I'm attempting to learn vocabulary. I do like it. So that took place on Monday, April 10th. We did go to Rough and Tumble Pub a few times in the last week for a few different reasons, which we will definitely cover in this podcast. But we were at the Women's Sports Pub, Rough and Tumble, for their WNBA Draft Watch Party, which did take place. They partnered with the Seattle Storm. Yeah. They had a merch, like a pop-up there. Yeah. And they had free giveaways. Yeah. That was like, it was super jerseys. cool. Jerseys. Yeah. There were old jerseys, old shorts. Like shorts. There was like autographed, autographed photos, photos uh, bobbleheads, um, replicas of the championship ring from 2020. Um, They also had, uh, oh, I know there was some other stuff there, but I can't really remember what else was on the table. It was amazing. It was really cool. I mean, granted, you know they're cleaning stuff out, but like people were not mad mad about free stuff, and then they're like, "Take as much as you want." Yeah, which was an awkward thing for the polite people in that pub to be like, "I can take, can I just, can I I just take?" They're like, "No, take stuff," and you're like, "Okay." So, um, but that. At the merch, at the pop-up table. Yeah. What did you get? Oh. What's going to What's gonna be new this so, year for our WNBA fans that show up at Climate Pledge to support Seattle yeah, Storm? So for the Storm fans out there, um, they have finally, like, finally made a Doppler plushie. So, like, um, Doppler is the mascot for the Seattle Storm. No one knows exactly what Doppler is, but Doppler is red- and like big and fun and uh, just goofy, right? So they made a Doppler plush. And so they had brought nine of them to sell at the merch table because we had the ninth pick for the draft. And so after um, Shelly Hart, who, you know, like Seattle DJ, like host also game storm. day host, like, you know, in arena host and like all that kind of stuff. She's fantastic. So she, they, she had announced it during a commercial break. So of course, as soon as she was done talking, I had to get up and walk as fast as I could over to that table to be the first one to buy a Doppler, um, which I did. And one of the things I actually got from the giveaway table before I even knew this was happening was an autographed photo of Doppler, like on top of the Space Needle, which was pretty cool. And so I was like, oh my gosh, now I have an autographed photo of Doppler and I have like a plush Doppler. So I was super excited. They did a run of them. There's more than nine that exist, but it did sound like it wasn't like... Tons and tons and tons that it's going to be like a limited thing. So I that mean, they sell, yeah, throughout the throughout like the season. season and stuff. So if you go to games and you want a, which by the way, go to Storm Games. They're so much fun. They're like, amazing. Go to Storm Games. Anyway, if you go to Storm Games and you want a Doppler plush, they may even end up on the website. Who knows? Um, be sure to check it out and go and get them. Super cute. Like, it like looks a lot like Doppler. Like a super quality kind of feeling plush so um we are on the mascot plush hunt we have i think all the ones that exist at this point unless well except all the ones that exist because the there's four that current four mascots currently have their own plush it sounds like it sounds without like getting too off topic yeah i mean i'm kind of all over the place it but, sounds like blitz yeah blitz from the seahawks is, might drop their own S- plushie sort of in gave the August. hint about it that it was coming out in August. So keep your eyes peeled. But we've got Rucky was our first one. Then we ended up with um then we ended up with Doppler. We got Bowie and then now the we have the Moose. So we have the the four that currently exist. We have those four. So that's pretty exciting. But back to the actual NBA WNBA draft. So we were watching that at Rough and Tumble. Super fun to do it in a big environment to watch the draft, like any of the drafts, like NHL. Draft, draft parties NFL are so draft, fun. You draft should parties definitely like make it like a special fun so event to go fun. out and to experience that with other fans. It's more exciting to watch it with other people because like other you're people cheering when they make the yeah. selections, you're talking about it's it with super, other people. Yeah, it it's a good great. way to make friends, yeah, or at least like or acquaintances. To connect. Yeah, or absolutely. like a, just like a hey for right now, you know. But um, so the the storm got um Jordan Horston at nine overall, which was like really great. People were super excited. Um, it was a surprise because she was still there. The expectation, I think, for most, and this is based off of seeing other mock drafts that were done over time, that Jordan might have or should have gone within the top five picks. Yeah. So when the Seattle Storm came up to number nine, like if you saw the video or you go check out the video yeah. of, You know, the Storm ownership, the GM, making that draft selection. Yeah. They went crazy in their draft room. It was super exciting. I think that they were like holding their breath. They couldn't necessarily believe that Jordan was still up there on the board. Yeah, Jordan is kind of an all-around really great athlete that's going to transfer really well to the WNBA from Mm -hmm. the collegiate level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And another thing that kind of even Jordan expressed – um, herself is that she's really good with defense. Yeah. And, um, you know, with the departure of Brianna Stewart mm-hmm. with Gabby Williams, not coming back to play this specific year in the WNBA. Yeah. And then the retirement of Sue bird. Yeah. Those are three starting spots. Yeah. for The storm that are kind of up for grabs. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's cause I mean, all we really had left on the roster from last season, or the actually the only people we had left on the roster from last season where we had Lloyd um we and we kept as a before, and then mercedes um russell is coming she's back in she's healthy enough this year to play so that's pretty exciting so we have those three folks and then we just needed to kind of and we've and we've picked up a few people here and there we've kind of gotten some other yep. folks on the roster since since then but um but yeah, so Jamie comes coming back. Yeah. Kia nurse was assigning. We had we've had a lot we've of like some free agency signings yeah. that I think are gonna definitely be competitive for those starting yes. spots, but I think that it's still up for grabs. And I think Jordan Horston yeah. probably has the best opportunity to take one of those spots yeah. coming in right off of a collegiate team. Absolutely. She was on, she played for, well, played for Tennessee, the lady Vols, the Mm -hmm. volunteers. Um, And so pretty exciting to have her there too, which is great. And then, um, you know, we also picked up three other, um, three other folks in the draft. We got Maddie Williams, um, Dulce Fancam-Mendigiao, I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong, and Jade Lavelle. So that's all pretty exciting too and i want to say jade mm-hmm. is jade's the one who's from from the area from the area so um so she's coming back home which is pretty exciting too so some some great talent there in this year's draft that we were able to to pick up sign pick up and get on our side whatever um so pretty excited about that so we'll see how all of that comes together and you know the storm they have their. I mean, they've got tickets on sale for single games. I think they've got their season ticket packages going, all that kind of stuff. And like storm games are are pretty decently affordable. Yeah. Um, especially at Climate Pledge, considering like it <laughs> is the not the cost of cracking tickets. It's not the cost of cracking tickets. Thank goodness. So, um, so we're really excited about getting to go to um a bunch of storm games this year again. Um, so that'll be pretty great. And if you go to, then let us know. But definitely check it out. They have... Um, it's a lot of fun. The Storm Games are a lot of fun. You get really to sucked go to. into it. Yeah, definitely. So, but um, speaking of Climate Pledge, yeah. just on the note, I know we had celebrated that the oh, yeah, yeah are going to the playoffs. They are. I did just want to make note that... They are now preparing to take on the Colorado Avalanche in yeah. round 1 of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah. And that their game 1 will be on Tuesday, April 18th of a seven game series if they need to go seven games. Yeah. So, uh we'll see how it goes. Seattle and Colorado. What are they calling it? They're calling it to Sea to Summit or something like that, like mm-hmm. the thing between the two. They have like a cool graphic about it, yeah. where it's like water and like the mountains and stuff. So, good luck to the Kraken. I think th- I think that they yeah. I want, I want them to take this. Obviously, the, I mean that's. I do too. I mean, we also have a B- Bowie is a much better mascot at than what their point mascot. D- too, well, so. I do know at what point. I'm gonna say it. Colorado all of a sudden became a rival to me the minute that Russell Wilson got traded to the I Broncos, totally and now all understand. of a sudden it's like, oh, now we're taking on the Avalanche in, in the playoffs, round one. There's just something about it for some reason yeah. that all like. Colorado was never on my like as like being a rival. Now, yeah. did Seattle, you know, defeat the Broncos in the Super Bowl? Yes, that's true, absolutely. But for some reason, we just don't like dominated them in that game. That I still don't necessarily think about them as like a. You rival. Didn't put them on the same level. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, because they're different. They're much levels. higher above sea level than us. But but we roast. But, the top. Yeah, but you roast the top. Well, they did. I wasn't involved. But yeah, I think that's pretty exciting for the Kraken. Mm-hmm. Um okay, so we've talked about Seahawks. We've talked about storm, Kraken, rain. Well, let's let's kind of highlight the rain again though. Yeah. So this week we went Oh true, we didn't talk about them very much. Just we a did not. So we've been at a lot of sporting events this week. <laughs> and for those of you that follow us on social media, you probably saw and You're like, wow, they wow, exist. They're <laughs> at Rough and Tumble for this OL Rain event. And now they're at the Kraken Game in the same night. And now they're at a Mariners game. So I just want to highlight what yeah. was actually happening at Rough and Tumble this week. Yeah. Um, for a special event that was partnered with Common Goal and the OL Rain in Rough mm-hmm. and Tumble. And football for her. And football for her. Mm-hmm. So the event that we went to was to celebrate a partnership where rough and tumble again, women's sports pub in Ballard. Yeah. They are pledging 1% of their proceeds Mm -hmm. um, or their revenue, I should say. Yeah. The revenue to give back to a football for her program that takes place down in California. And they're hoping to expand that kind of program for um, our young girls and our Mm -hmm. non-binary athletes Mm -hmm. to play soccer and to elevate uh, equity in the game. Yeah. It was a really cool, um it was a really cool event because um there were a couple of players um from the rain that were there, as well as one of the players from the wave that had also like um, pledged one percent yeah. And one of them was um Lauren Barnes from the Rain. And so she's kind of one of the people who sort of got all this up and running and going and everything. So they've kind of come up with this starting nine. So there's like nine players. Um, I want to say there's one coach and then rough and tumble are Mm -hmm. kind of all in this like beginning stage thing of kind of of doing this, which is, it was really cool. It was great to hear their presentation about it and how they talked about, um, what it was, how, what it was for and how it was going and everything like that. And so, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, where it goes and kind of how, how things so keep progressing. So here's how our community can kind of give back. Number one, show up to Rough and Tumble, buy drinks. They have yeah. a lot of really cool events. So follow them on social media, Yeah, Rough and Tumble, Lots of watch to parties. see what watch parties are happening for women's sports. Even for, they still play, you know, cracking games, Seahawks games. Oh, so they're yeah. still playing men's yeah. sports. Yeah. But they are highlighting first and foremost and prioritizing women's mm-hmm. sports. But show up, they have some excellent you know, beverages and drinks that they come up with for sure. Their menu is really, really fun named after women athletes, Mm -hmm. um, just iconic athletes at that. Yeah. Uh, So you can show up, you can know that the money that you are paying for your drinks, for your food is, is also going back to programs for our young women, non-binary athletes. Yeah. And to also just, you know, be supporting a women-owned business here in our own community. Totally. It's great. And then just know that, you know, whether you're advocating or other ways you get connected in our community to support Mm -hmm. LGBTQ athletes, to support Mm -hmm. our women athletes, to elevate them in equity and pay and all of that stuff, it matters. So find the ways that you feel comfortable supporting Mm -hmm. um, women, our athletes, to make sure that they're getting the same love, the same support, the same pay that they deserve for the, you know, the excellent gamemanship, sportsmanship that, yeah. that they that they do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I would argue that women's sports can be a lot more fun to watch. I feel I, like... I'm not disagreeing with you on that. I think I... I mean, I think... That's, there's if, something to me that makes them take, feel more engaging. Yeah. If we take soccer, for example, I'm like, I would much rather... No offense to anybody out there that likes... Things more than other things, but I'd much rather go watch The Rain than the Sounders. Yeah. Like, I just, there's just something different about it that is just more, like you said, it's engaging. Yeah. It's like, it feels almost, it sounds weird, a faster pace to me, like more engaging, yeah. more aggressive. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because women feel like, in order, like, again, women are really competitive. Oh, yeah. And so they're <laughs> yes. incredible athletes. They're really competitive. They're really aggressive mm-hmm. out there. I'm not saying men aren't not yeah. trying to hate no but there's no, something that
1: all. but when maybe you to, I'm
0: biased i don't know i feel like when you have to fight so hard just to be able to do something exactly. sometimes it like just shows up a little bit differently. a little bit more a little bit more like intentionally perhaps yeah i don't know but i think it's a good time um i don't know if we've touched on the seawolves Did we touch on the seawolves yet not enough um okay so you all know that we have really gotten into like liking rugby a lot and um the seawolves are in like as we're recording this, they are probably in the the second half of their uh, of their match right now against the uh, Utah Warriors. Um, they've been you know six and one so far this season, and so the only loss they had was to San Diego Legion. Um, but all the other ones they've they've won this year, which was great. Um, I really liked it when they beat New York. For the first match of the season since they the, had lost to New York for the championship last year, so. the match that gave them a real run for their money initially was a game against Nola Gold. Yeah, which, they they won that match by one point in the yeah. last like two minutes. They like they, they were behind by like eighteen points at I half. Mean, they came back. Such they were a nail biter. And uh. then at the end, they almost gave like they won by one mm-hmm. to keep to stay undefeated at that point they were six and six and oh yeah and then their game last week against san diego legion they dropped that one though it was like it was so rainy i don't know the the ball handling was probably the biggest problem in that match for them um i'm no coach and definitely no expert but just from what i saw that was that was the thing it looked like was yeah kind of messing them up the most was just the being able to maintain possession some of that stuff yeah so um but and i we do have to give you know a little bit of love to the legion because yeah they were also uh five and one coming into that match so they're they're a great team it's not like oh yeah if you're going to lose to a team at least it's a team that also has a really solid record they have a really good team um and so right now i did look yeah. at the score they are oh, at good. half they're down by i mm-hmm. think it's 21 to 14 at this point so. okay it's, it's a try and um it's a try and um conversion conversion thanks i could not think of that word um so you know there's still a chance There's still good there's still well, plenty of time 40 more minutes or whatever right so we're good there um so yeah so the seawolves love them. Still time to check out games. Um they still have a few more games at home this season and the Not regular many season. Though, so you better get on There's it. There's like maybe two or three I think maybe. Um but definitely tickets are affordable. It's so much fun. Um we ran into um some of the folks we know from like Kraken stuff there this last time. Some of the thirty-two, crew some of the thirty-two crew, yeah. And so that was pretty cool to see them and like get to talk to them a little bit more about rugby and everything. And sounds like they had a good time. It was really easy for yeah. them to get into it. So when it's people's first time showing up to yeah. rugby matches and you just hear like, yeah, it's like you get into it and you're totally going to come back. I think that's true for most people that enjoy yes. and love sports. Yeah. The common, the common thing is the common phrase I hear from people who've gone to a rugby match for their first time, including, I think pretty much what we said was no idea what's going on, but it was so much fun. Like, like (laughs) I don't have any clue. It does take time to kind of get to the sport or intentionality or the rules or understanding why what's happening is happening. But, um, but so much fun. Go check it out. Okay. So let me, okay. If I have to sell you on one more thing about why going to see the Seawolves is great. Here's why. When we went this last game that they played at home, when we went, we got, Two of like the 16 ounce ciders each Like, we got one each. Yes. We got a pretzel with cheese sauce. We got nachos. And then a little bit later, I got a hot chocolate. And we paid like $25 for all of that. Mm-hmm. So it's like. And you, parking was $6 dollars. And parking was $6 dollars. Not the like $80 and $90 parking that we saw when we went to, go the, Mariners to the Mariners game for the, the Julio bobblehead night. We went to that one like that opening weekend. Um, and parking was insane. No six dollars all of those concessions for 25 tickets i think are less than like i think they're like 30 to 50 bucks yeah they're between 30 and 50 dollars for the tickets to go so like totally family friendly totally snackable they always have food trucks there and stuff too but and we didn't do food trucks this time usually we do but it's amazing so go check out the seawolves just just Go check out the Seawolves. You, you won't you be won't sorry. You won't regret it. You won't regret it. Now, speaking of the Mariners. Insanely high-priced Oh, my tickets, gosh. Yeah. It is. Parking park. We decided to take the light rail the last time it was. Yesterday. yesterday. Yeah. Now, the Julio bobblehead night, we went like two hours before. Wasn't it like two hours before the gate opened or an hour and a half before gate opened? And it was too late. There was, was yeah, 20,000 bobbleheads that they were giving out. It was like a seven o'clock game. And I want to say we by the time we were able to park, because we had decided to drive like for five. whatever reason we did that, it was like I think by the time we parked, it was like 430. Mm, mm-hmm. And the lines were insane. Like the one on the the one on the side where the Mariner's parking garage is that side of the stadium. The home plate entrance. The, the home plate entrance. That side of the stadium, if you were looking at the lines, it was like just people wall to wall, like packed in the whole sidewalk. It was like you didn't even know where the line was. You it didn't just know looked where it like ended. A giant it clump. Because you also have, I think the season ticket side is over there too and stuff. So there's some other things. The other the other lines were all crazy. The one in the back for the T-Mobile, not the T-Mobile like entrance near the front, but the one in the back where they open up early. Yep. That one was packed and then we were in a line that went past this the it was a like seahawks the, the pro shop store yeah for the seahawks by by lumen field yeah we were in the line to get into the gate that's over by the like the t-mobile member entrance or whatever like that one over there kind of in that front corner it it that line stretched back we did past. not we did not get we did not Julio get bobble heads. They were long gone. Like the boxes were gone. The tape. By the time we got in there, there was no boxes, no tables. was no. It no, looked. It looked like there wasn't even a giveaway that night. No, it was crazy. So um, last night, I said because it was Cal Raleigh bobblehead I'll night. Be damned. I'm not. I'm not going to get a Cal. Ra- like Cal Raleigh. No, we had like we had to get that one. Sw- home run swing bobblehead. Yeah. yeah. For the playoffs. So we got there at. We left the house at. 2 30 yeah we took the light took rail the light rail down we were we there by there. like three by like where were, was it that early like 3 15 It I was. Say. it was yeah I was somewhere so around there the lines at that point the game was started at 7 10 yeah the lines at that there was people waiting but i it wasn't that bad we no went to the center field entrance the one over by the bullpen we knew that that would open two hours before mm-hmm. game time yeah but in that, within an hour i mean i think those you were lines like, i think you were like the 10th or 12th yeah, person in the line exactly. you were standing in because we had to be in the line for bags so it was like
1: yeah a little bit further back
0: within an hour that line for for basically every line just got it was just insanely long yeah and it made sense it's a friday night people are getting off work they're probably trying to get there as early as they can yeah but i'm telling you the bobblehead like frenzy that happens in Seattle people love their if you heads. want your bo- bobbleheads you got to get there like four hours before <laughs> game time five it was hours nuts. before game time there was a table when we were when we were walking over to get in line there was a table on the side of the street where they have like the kettle corn and the, the locker vendors and all that kind of stuff there's a table over there and i i'm assuming they were selling i did not go talk to them but they had like other bobbleheads from other events they had like other hats from like they had other giveaways that they were basically selling at this table and i yeah that was weird I we was didn't like, go over and look i almost was like i should go check to see if they had the julio one because we didn't get one but i was also like how much am i gonna like actually want to pay for a julio bobblehead right now so did not go check and to I, be honest i was kind of like I don't it know if I don't want to give them my money anyways. Well, it was like, it's like, probably better than eBay, but also sure, like, sure. But at the same it time, it felt a little weird. So I was like, ah, I think the thing for me that's hard with it, especially like, I get like, if I find things at the Goodwill or an antique store and it's like sports memorabilia or whatever, sure. I feel a little different about deciding that I want to purchase it. It's like, oh, look, this somebody wanted to give this away, or like, yeah, this has been years. And maybe somebody's like, oh, you know, I'm just going to let it go Sure. Now. Sure. But when it's so fresh and it shows up on eBay or it shows up and people are trying to sell it, turn around and sell it. Well, and for, like, so much more. There's something that That's just, like... Like, it, I don't want to pay $100 for a free bubble. I'll head. be honest. It, like, really annoys me and ticks me off. Mm-hmm. Because there are people that genuinely, like, yeah, I want this for my sports dinner. Yeah, yeah. Like, I want my kids to have that. And so it's, like, a fun memory. Well, and... Okay. So, for example, and this is, like... The least big deal in the world, but when we went to the Kraken game, because we went to the game oh, on the thirteenth yeah. against the Knights, it was fan appreciation night, we were coming from this other event at Rough and Tumble, so we knew we were going to be a little bit late. Thankfully, by the time we arrived, the game had been kind of it started later. Started. it was because on of because of the yeah because of the network stuff. So we actually didn't miss very much of the actual game, but our seats we were like. Um, second from the top row in like the 200s, like kind of 214 section or whatever, um, second row from the top. And so by the time we got there up to our seats, the bag, the canvas bags that were supposed to be on every seat, the, they had already been taken off of our seats and it was still, I mean, it was probably like, by the time we got to our seats, it was maybe what did you say? seven like minutes into the first yeah. period. Maybe like, cause we had to like go up all that. We had to get a drink, go up all the stairs, like whatever. And so I, I just, okay. And again, this is, it's a canvas bag. It is not even a big deal, but I was just so annoyed that like we weren't in our seats right away. And so somebody around those seats felt like they could take that giveaway and then like not offer it back when we came back and sat down, which again, it is a canvas bag. I didn't, I'm not like, I'm not like, Oh my God, I didn't get the canvas back. Like whatever. It was just like, the principle of it was it. just the idea, right. That it's like, it's fan appreciation night. Right. Like, and you're taking this canvas bag and then it just seemed really weird, you know? And so I'm a person that like that kind of stuff sort of bothers me. So I had to sort of like work that out for myself and loud enough that if anybody around her took the bags would maybe feel guilty (laughs) not that much but i was just like i was like it's just so weird that there's no bags like i mean you know so anyway by the time the game was over and some people left like there was a guy that had been there were three seats obviously maybe the guy that was sitting next to us maybe his person didn't come i don't know but we weren't there and nobody had bags but when he left there was one bag that was like left behind. So I was like, okay, we got a bag. Like, again, it is not a big deal. It mm-hmm. is, it has, it's a canvas bag with a Kraken logo on one side and an Amazon smile logo on the other side, whatever. So it's like, whatever. I mean, it's a pretty nice, like it's, it's heavy a nice, duty. It's, it's not a nice, like a cheap It's a nice bag. bag. Yeah. yeah. But it was just that thing of like, I guess my point is with the whole bobblehead giveaway and, and whatever is just that like, it's hard when people get the stuff and then they like, get it on purpose to either try to sell it like upsell it for stuff or they take it because they like they don't care but they know they can make money off of it when somebody else would actually really want it and like treasure it you know so yes i don't know maybe it goes back to that whole like my feelings about like toy story 2 and like keeping toys in the box and like trying to sell them for stuff versus Mm. getting to like love and play with them like maybe that's like part of my thing yeah see but in this household whether it's like collectible pops like funko pops (laughs) Even our bobbleheads and stuff like now, we make sure we take good care of these things, but those things do come out of the box. Yeah. And we we keep the boxes for some of the things, like the bobbleheads and stuff, like we keep the boxes for. Sure. But they're definitely on display. And they're really for us to enjoy because we love, yeah. we love our collectibles and stuff. And we yeah. get when we say collectibles, like you want to keep them as pristine and mint as possible. But our goal is not I to mean, turn around and sell them. It depends on who you are and what your purpose is, Absolutely. right? For sure. My purpose is like, it does not live in the box because it's sad in there because like I, yes. this is going to, this is like too much like Kate information, but like, you know, I assign like things. It, it's like toy story is like real for me. Like when I was a kid, mm-hmm. that's, I literally like, that's how I thought about my, my things. And I've kind of always thought about them like that. That I'm like, they can't live in the box they're suffocating. Anyway, this is getting off topic of a sports podcast, but, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if anybody out there has a Julio bobblehead like that they don't need. Like, feel free to let us know. We will happily give it a good home. But um but yeah, we'll just, trade you something. I'm well, sure I'm we sure got we something have something we laying trade. around here. But yeah, it's just the whole putting stuff on eBay or selling it kind of stuff. Those giveaways that's hard. It is. I get giving it to other people, or you know, even being like, "Hey, I paid this much for my ticket. Like, you want to, whatever." It's like going to a hotel and taking all of the little travel. Like Ross from friends while well, yes. he like takes the light bulbs and stuff too. He's like, I paid for this. Like, No, not exactly. But yeah, I get what you're saying. I digress. Okay. Moving on. Moving on to the fact that we just want to say we appreciate you all. Yeah. You know, it's been literally like two, almost three months since we've dropped an, an it episode. A, it's been a long time. So I just kind of want to walk through, if you're willing to stick through this little last portion with us, just so I can kind of take you through where my mindset was at over the last few months. Yeah. I do want to take time to address. And I know that I did on Twitter at least. Sure. To say that as educators mm-hmm. and that being our full time jobs and wanting to find a really good balance between mm-hmm. work, family, just taking care of ourselves mentally, yeah. physically, emotionally, that doing a podcast is supposed to be something fun yeah. that we want to enjoy and connect with you all on. yeah. And sometimes the capacity isn't quite there. And so for mm-hmm. a few months, I just, I had every intention and Kate can vouch for this that like I would bring it up regularly. Yeah. But I just wouldn't, we just, things just kept, get to the things point. kept kind of getting in the way. And whether it was like, you know, we were out of town for like a little bit and then like I got sick for what seemed like like multiple weeks or something. And then 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 you got sick. And then, you know, other things come up where you're busy with meetings and whatever. And like, it just felt like stuff just kept kind of getting in the way. So when we did finally have time where we could actually sit down and record, we were both like so exhausted from everything else that we were like, okay, this is just not, we wrote stuff up several times. We like, you know, so, so, you know, coming back into this and everything. And then the cat is joining us again, like usual, but Coming back into this, you know, we wanna we wanna still do this, we wanna still like be a part of of this whole like you know fun ride of being the a pod the C fam, exactly. And, and, the podcast. and, and podcasting mm-hmm. with it and stuff. But um, you know, some episodes may sound a little different or some episodes may be organized a little different. We're kind of like, you know what? Like if we have things that we can talk about and things that we can um say and do, then great. And if it doesn't fit the exact same routine and format every single time. Like, you know, hopefully that's okay. And people will just still stick with us. Um, I mean, if you've got ideas or things that you like, don't like, or whatever, like feel free to politely let us know about that if you, if you want to share, but, um, yeah, I think for me too, like it -hmm. was hard because I can keep my social media going. I did take a little bit of a social media break, Mm -hmm. but I might be like, active there but in terms of dropping episodes it felt like there was this massive gap which there was yeah and so there was even a minute which I expressed on social media where I was like should we just keep doing this Mm -hmm. I don't feel like we're actually doing it and when we had a very real heart-to-heart discussion about it yeah like it made me teary thinking like we could have just had our last episode and we just didn't even wrap things up and I wasn't ready to let this go but I also wasn't Fully ready to like dive right back into it. Mm-hmm. So I just again I appreciate your guys's love, your support. A lot of you guys are so understanding online. And people are people have been very, very sweet about it, which is which is very nice because you don't always expect the internet to be that way. The other part I would I do want to highlight too is just like knowing what this is like. At the end of the day, I think the important thing for me with this podcast is number one, yes, the focus is on sports. Yeah. Number two is that I think I had to let myself have the realization that we can't necessarily, like if we can't keep up weekly with all of the things that happens with sports and all the news, like I think I had to allow myself to realize this isn't, although we might say like, this is what's coming up or this is what's happened or these are this is where they're at. We're not a news-based podcast. We're we're not not a news show. Yeah. So these are things that you all already know, especially as sports fans, you already know what's kind of happening with your favorite teams. I think the goal here is that maybe you're not somebody that watches the Oval rain or maybe you're not somebody that knows about the sea wolves or have watched the storm. I think the goal is that we want you guys to realize there's these other great sports teams out there and here's a little bit more information about them. And maybe you'll be inclined to show up and to support, or maybe it's another sport you can fall in love with. Sure. And, um, also when we have special guests on, I think the, the part about bringing in the humanity Mm -hmm. portion of it, it's Mm -hmm. not just like, these are athletes. We're only going to talk to them about sports. No, we're going to ask what your favorite part about being a parent, a, is. A parent is, or we're going to ask what your favorite hobbies are. What do yeah. you do outside of sports? We want you to get connected and to know the things that are important to these other individuals and these people yeah. that we see in the light of being and connected with sports, whether they're athletes or coaches or media personnel. Mm-hmm. We, we want you to get to know them as people. And Absolutely. I think that's what's important to us about us too is like, here's the real live people doing this. Yeah. We all just come together because we love sports. And so on that note, as one of the things that made me the most emotional in that post that I shared. Yeah. Was a few people. I know a, f- a few people. took the time to remind you of the same thing that you remind the listeners of every time we do this. Yeah. To always take care of your heart and mind above all else. Yep. And, Marvel moment, Marvel moment, Marvel moment, Marvel moment. Look at that. It's been so long. That was the, really good We it a hot <laughs> I was like, okay, are we going to nail this? We nailed it. All right. Do you want to start with your first joke? It's dad joke time. Let's do it. Dad jokes. Okay. You ready for this? I'm on it. Where do catchers sit at lunch? Where do catchers sit at lunch? <sighs> All I got is dug out. I don't know. Behind the plate. Oh, it's like literal. Literal. And also true.
1: Because yes. you
0: would sit behind your plate or in front of it, depending on which way you're talking about it. But yes, I'm going to mm. go with behind the plate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, she wasn't as impressed with that one. No, that was good. It was funny. It was funny. Um. So here, let me tell you about what happened to me the other day. So I went to the liquor store to get a couple things. And when I went to check out, they asked me for ID and my Blockbuster card accidentally fell out and they were just like, never mind. Because, you know, it's... Michaela M- 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 was not impressed. <laughs> not that Im- was not the right button. Not impressive anyway. <laughs> there you go. Ooh, it's a loud one. Um, Yeah, so she was not impressed, but I... Being somebody who had a blockbuster card, found that hilarious. So, why is it so hot at a Phillies game? Why is it so hot at a Phillies game? Um, Phillies are baseball. They have that weird mascot. Um, I don't know because they don't have many fans. <laughs> <sighs> Ooh, it's like a burn joke. Uh-huh. It's like it it hurts it hurts. Well, um, yeah, so I don't, I don't know. I think my next one is like kind of not great. So let me see if I can find something different really quick. Okay, there we go. Um, what has more letters than the alphabet? More letters than the alphabet? Yeah. What has more letters than the alphabet? The alphabet? The post office. I was honestly, I was going to make a joke about my grandma. I was going to give you a hint about your grandma. I was, was going to be like, I was going to be like, it's your grandma's favorite place. My <laughs> grandma's like the number of she's keeping the she's postal the, service a hundred percent business literally her whole life. Because if she does, if she's traveled, the number of postcards that woman has sent, like the number of letters, postcards, the Christmas mail cards that I have for my grandma over the years, which I'm very grateful for. That's something amazing, that, exactly but I'm not the only one like she has so many people she's connected with in the world and yeah. she she takes the time. So I was almost going to make a joke, but nobody else know that like, I know I was almost me answering I, my grandma would have yeah. made sense. <laughs> Shout out to grandma. Um. So yeah, that's, that's my other joke. There you go. Well, there we go. That wraps up the end of this podcast. No episode Officially. 13 season two. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for listening. We love you guys. We do. We love you guys a lot. RIC fam. Peace out.